listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're going to recap the week three games from the Thursday night through the late Sunday afternoon games. As always, you're joined by your hosts, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up, Bob? Another weird week in the NFL, right? Yeah, man. It. Uh, I could. Well, I'm out of the survivor pool that I bought back into again. We'll just start there. I'm sure everybody knows what game that is. Oh, did it have something to do with the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> the mighty, the mighty Buffalo Bills. Jeez, oh man! Do you th- hey? Just... Do you think there's any tables left in Buffalo, or did they go through all of them? Oh no, they've they've been putting people through tables since that game, since the last seconds of that game ticked away, and everyone is now has uh, Josh Allen jerseys too. I'm sure it, it looked like a late '90s ECW <laughs> show, just tables broken yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the devastation, Bob! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> So, yeah, Dan, we're going to cover, do our usual recap. We'll talk about the fantasy impact on the week three game so far. We're recording right in the middle of the first quarter of the New England-Detroit game. So you hear that on our Tuesday show. We're also going to go over our weekly leaders, and then we'll talk about some waiver pickups based on some performances today. So, Dan, I know um, you've been working to get off the schneid in the league of record. How's it looking so far for you? It's looking pretty good, actually. Uh, I had some huge performances out of some unexpected people um also have a uh <laughs> i also have uh, you know a, a lot of nice uh points sitting on the bench again but uh looking good thus far um if as long as big ben keeps it a little bit under control in terms of having a giant shootout tomorrow uh, I, I could be okay I could be okay. Uh, nothing's guaranteed at this point, though, Bob. <laughs> yeah, it's fantasy football. Like we saw, like we saw what happened today. It's it's been a weird weekend of football, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I have a feeling we're going to talk about one gentleman that produced some big points for you in the waiver section. So we'll just do a little teaser there. But uh, Dan, if you're ready, why don't we go and uh, start with the Thursday night game and start our review? Sounds good. So yeah, going back to Thursday, uh, we both predicted that Cleveland get uh, their first win in like what maybe a decade it feels like in cleveland but yeah um, it's like 600 and some games 600 and some days i think is what they say is the stat that they keep throwing out yeah and they they pulled it out 21 to 17 it looked for a while there, like up oh, there's the browns they're gonna lose again but uh they got a a jolt of energy from baker mayfield who looks to now be taking over the starting job in cleveland i think they announced him as the starter today actually bob you, you had to i mean t- t- taylor finished with four for 14 19 yards and another 22 yards on the ground so that's just not going to cut it and to me the offense looked totally different when mayfield came into the game oh absolutely i agree with you i mean they just look so much better uh i think you know i I don't i just don't think tyrod's that is bad like i i don't I'm not buying in that he's terrible, right? Um, but it, it, you do, you did see like a huge difference in terms of the team and the quality of play uh, after Tyrod kind of had to sit because of the concussion. Yeah, so, it, it just seemed like as soon as he came in, he revitalized the uh, the offense. I mean, everybody just started playing. They were moving the ball with some consistency. They should just get him in the game right now and just 
uh, play him, and and I don't see any reason to keep Tyrod on the field right now. They they've got to make that move to Baker, like you said. I agree with you. I mean, it's just one of those things. Is I mean, it just makes the team better. Everyone seems to be more interested in what's going on. Uh, Jarvis Landry went off. Carlos Hyde went off. Uh, the team just looked like they were just much more energized with him at the helm than they did with Tyrod. And Tyrod, you know, he's a solid quarterback. Uh, but I think the hype train is kind of uh, <laughs> has left the building, and now you're looking for Baker Mayfield to keep making some noise here. Yeah. So do you think, are you are you adding Baker Mayfield if you need some QB help? Do you think it's good to add him at this point? I mean, in two QB leagues, if you don't have him already, he should be. Um, in one quarterback leagues, I'd probably wait and see it. Or I mean, you. I mean, there are people that do have bye weeks coming up. Uh, yeah. I know Carolina because I've got Cam Newton has a bye next week, so. Um, Washington Redskins are on the bye next week. Yes, I mean, could he be? I believe they're playing at Oakland. Um, that, that's, that could be a good game. Yeah, so it, he could very well be a streaming option. Um, I, we might mention him in, in the waiver uh, column because there were two rookie quarterbacks that played really well, and he's one of them. So Yep, for sure. Uh, and he's on the waivers, and, and I'll give that percentage of ownership, but uh, he very well could be. Um, but you brought up two other players. I mean, outside of Baker, it was Carlos Hyde. He's just dominating the workload, 23 rushes for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, uh, eight receptions on 15 targets for 103 yards. Callaway actually got 10 targets as well, but only turned them into four for 20. So, um, I mean, Carlos Hyde, he's a set it and forget it running back too at this point. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I have Carlos Hyde and I've been stashing him. Uh, I think right now, if you have Carlos Hyde, especially next week, especially with the shot of energy that Baker kind of gave uh, that offense, I think he's a must start in, in Oakland next week for sure. I do too. Um, and then Landry, he's just going to dominate like he did in Miami now that Gordon's gone. So if you have him, you got to be pleased with what he produced with uh, Baker May- Mayfield. Um, as far as the Jets are concerned, it was really a split running attack from yep. Powell and Crowell. Pretty much a 50-50 split. 14 attempts for 73 yards from Powell. 16 for 34 and two touchdowns. So, I mean, the touchdowns really are the eye-popping thing for, for Crowell, but really didn't produce well on the ground. I mean, who do you like out of those two moving forward, Dan? Do you like just trying to play for the touchdown in Crowell or the guy that's actually producing more yards in Powell? I don't really know who I like in this backfield at this point because I think with what you're looking at in terms of fantasy uh, football is like kind of who can you trust to be a starter? Who are you going to have consistency out of? Uh, and right now, this is like the most genuine, legit split backfield. Uh, getting almost identical amount of carries. Powell's doing a little bit more on the ground. Uh, but the week before, Crowell was doing more on the ground. So it's just hit or miss. And I guess I, at this point, I would pick probably Crowell just because he's getting more touches in the red zone. Right. Uh, he seems to be the goal line back. Um, but I guess I, I don't really like either of them as like your RP2. Uh, but I definitely would not have a problem having either of them as my flex player at yeah. this point, I think, is where I'm sitting. Yeah, I think that's where I'd have them as flex plays, bye week replacements uh, once you start getting into the bye weeks there. So. Yep. That really covers the Thursday game, Dan. Let's go ahead and move into the Sunday games. Um, I'm going to start with Green Bay uh, losing to Washington 31-17. Uh, to yeah. be honest, this one surprised me a little bit. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I don't know if it's – I mean, and Aaron Rodgers didn't even have that bad of a day. No. Uh, but I think what you saw here is kind of the mess that that Green Bay um, – backfield is going to be going forward yeah uh now that uh aaron jones is back in the mix uh you know by all everything i've seen i didn't get to see very much of this game because i was traveling uh it sounded like he was just running the best of the day uh in terms of just kind of shot out of a cannon uh and and i know that a lot of the other experts out there guys on espn especially matthew barry are really high on jones um but at this point i'm not i'm not really thrilled about starting any green bay running back until there's some more more clarity uh in the situation right yeah and just to give you the splits aaron jones six for 42 jamal williams five for 29 ty montgomery four for 16 uh montgomery did add six receptions for 48 yards so ppr he might be the more valuable one but right it's going to be a mess so yeah if you've got any of them i would just say hold them on the bench until you see some more clarity uh clarity out of that situation for sure um, really for Green Bay, the two wide receivers that showed up, Geronimo Allison uh, turned four targets into two receptions for 76 yards and one touchdown. He had a long of 64. And Devontae Adams, like I said, with Aaron Rodgers, he's uh, pretty much a lock to produce. He had nine targets, seven receptions, 52 yards, one touchdown. So uh, Aaron Rodgers actually really spread the ball around if you look at it. Montgomery got seven targets, Graham seven targets, Cobb 11 targets. So once again, as long as Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback, Back, he can turn multiple people into fantasy ass- assets. And you're also thinking in terms of if you watch the game flow of this game, uh, or at least kind of saw who was scoring. Uh, Redskins jumped out to a pretty decent sized lead, so Green Bay was going to have to throw the ball, right? And uh, you, you didn't really just kind of get those huge monster games out of those, uh, you know, Packers receivers that you would expect. Right. And they're kind of trying to play catch up. Yeah, it was a nice bounce back on the Washington side. So to your point, they had 28 points in the first half. So it's 28-10 going into halftime. So it seems like they sort of cruised, but Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson had big bounce back games. Smith only threw the ball 20 times, but he turned it into 220 yards and two touchdowns with an interception, added another 20 on the ground. Adrian Peterson, we were high on him last week against the yep. Colts. and we Bounce were just, back game for sure. Yeah, 19 for 120 and two. So... I think you're going to have those type of performances where it's going to be those peak and valleys, but he's dominating the actual rushing of the ball. You still got Chris Thompson as the receiving back, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you got AP, you got to be happy. I mean, you're going to get these types of games during the year. Yeah, I think you, I, I don't know if you want him as your RB1, even though he is uh, playing like an RB1. Uh, but I think if you have him, because uh, I, I know you didn't draft him uh, because he really wasn't even available, <laughs> really going to play. Um, so I think if you grab him, you can feel pretty confident having him as your flex, knowing that he's going to get the RB one amount of work. And then you just got to hope he has games like this and, and week one and less games like week two against the Colts. Exactly. And, and like we said, there wasn't much passing needed um, because they jumped out to a big lead. But most targets again, Jordan Reed, seven targets, four receptions, 65 yards. Once again, any type of PPR, you're, you're going to take it because the tight end position is just ugly right now. Uh, both Paul Richardson and Jamison Crowder got out in the end zone but I mean outside of Reed I'm, I'm probably not really touching much in the passing game if you want to throw Chris Thompson in there um, obviously he's going to catch a ton of balls as well but right. wide receiver wise I'm probably staying away still yeah uh, it's real muddy there in terms of the receivers on that team um, I, I 
I'm I'm starting to kind of warm up to Jamison Crowder a little bit, um, and also Paul Richardson. Uh, it looks like he's had some pretty decent games here back to back, but uh, nothing that I'm really like thrilled about. Uh, like to see Jordan Reed get in the end zone here and there a little bit more though. Right. I think it's a matter of time. Like we said, as long as he stays healthy, I think it's, it's going to be coming here soon. So, um, yeah, let's move on to the next game. Um, this one was pretty close throughout. I got the Colts losing to the Eagles 20 to 16. Um, Carson Wentz looked decent. You could tell he's a little rusty coming back from the injury, but 25 for 37, 255. For sure. One TD, one interception. So, um, yeah, I think he just basically shook the rust off this game. I I sort of like what I I saw as a totality from his first game back. Yeah, I think you saw a lot of, uh, a lot more action out of Ertz and uh, also a a little bit of a disappointing performance for Clement this week. I know with a Jai out, uh, and Wentz coming back, you were thinking he was going to have kind of a monster game, but it was actually Wendell Smallwood who uh, had a bigger game there for those Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, kind of what you expected, maybe out of Wentz, his first game back, not huge numbers, uh, but he, he definitely looked the part of uh, you know a legit starting quarterback fantasy wise. Uh, I think you're just you're right. It's just a matter of time before he gets back to his old ways here. Yeah, one thing to point out um, as far as the receiving options go, Zach Ertz was the highest targeted, 10 targets, 5 receptions, 73 yards. Uh, But one thing I noticed, even just looking at the box score, Dallas Goddard, their rookie tight end, also got a handful of targets. Seven targets, he turned them into seven receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. It seemed like the guy that maybe uh, got impacted a little bit was Nelson Aguilar, who I thought was still going to be a target monster while Jeffrey was out. I think it's just uh, maybe just got to get that connection going back with Wentz. They had a good connection last year, but he only had five targets, four receptions, 24 yards. So just keep an eye out out on on that uh, tight end, Dallas Goddard, because, I mean, they could go a little more too tight end heavy and... um, he could become a, a factor. Trey Burton was last year while he was in Philadelphia. Yeah, especially with how kind of weak uh, tight end is. Uh, even if you can get this kind of game out of Goddard, uh, you know, that's kind of better than what you can get out of the, the most of the other tight ends there. Right. So, Dan, let's move on to the indie side of things. Andrew Luck had a very mediocre game, 25 for 40, 164 and one touchdown. He also added 33 yards on the ground, but... Boy, I mean, it, it, it just looked like he was just struggling to get anything going uh, today. Really, the whole offense looked like they were struggling most of the game. Yeah, I also saw somebody say that the, uh, they brought in the backup to throw the Hail Mary and not had Andrew Luck in there. Is that right? Did you see that? Yeah, they did. I actually had a note in, and I put Colts put brisket in for... Uh... I said brisket, brissette. My, <laughs> brissette, my, yeah. My autocorrect got me with brisket there. Um, for Hail Mary <laughs> at the end of the game, it looks like arm strength could still be an issue for Luck. Um, right. But, um, you know, something to pay attention to because he, he hasn't really tried to pump the ball down the field with too much aggression just yet. Um, which you think he would blow the top off of a defense with uh, T.Y. Hilton every once in a while. But it's been right. a lot of more intermediate passing. Um, so, yeah, something to keep an eye on because, you know, I wonder if it's going to be an all-year thing or if he's still just warming that arm up. Yeah, and the other thing is is that on that, uh, I mean, he definitely spread the ball out a bunch. Uh, but uh, Eric Ebron ex- exactly um, appearing to be kind of making the, him making himself to be the tight end you want in the Indianapolis offense. 
uh, a lot more targets, a lot more action this week than anybody else, tight end wise. Yeah. Especially Jack Doyle. Yeah, with Jack Doyle out, he turned 11 targets into five receptions for 33 yards. So, I mean, everybody's liked the fact that he's been in the end zone, but if you get that much work, um, especially if Doyle's out for an extended period of time, I think you should feel comfortable starting Ebron. The only real receiver of note, once again, T.Y. Hilton, 10 targets, five receptions for 50 yards. So, I mean, it was very mediocre on the indie side of things, but um, the rushing game sort of stalled out again. Um, Philly's defense obviously is very good, but uh, a little bit of a down game overall from Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried because I definitely think T.Y. is going to have bounce back week. Um, you know, it, I'm not worried, but it just makes me wonder, like, if if Luck's there, if Luck's healthy, why are you bringing Brissett in to throw the, the deep Hail Mary ball? That, that just kind of bothers me. Just doesn't sit well for me. And, and a pretty weak game for Andrew Luck, uh, 154, 164 and a touchdown. Uh, you definitely expect a lot more out of Andrew Luck uh, than that. Right. So uh, let's move on to, I mean, the absolute stunner of the football day today. The Buffalo Bills just absolutely destroyed the Vikings 27-6. And I mean, the Vikings had to really struggle to get that six points on the board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, boy, uh, I I don't really know what to say about this game, to be honest with you. I'm shocked. Uh, Other than uh, Josh Allen looked great. Uh, accounted for three touchdowns, one through the air, two on the ground. Uh, and those were just kind of like broken plays. It looked like he was playing backyard football a little bit. Um, and then he hurdled the guy. That was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I just I, I can't I did not expect this. I mean, I kind of thought this was going to be I mean, we said it all week last week. If you've got guys playing Buffalo, you're starting them no matter what. And this is going to be the theme throughout. Uh, and Minnesota kind of walked in having a heck of a great offensive like week going leading into this um just huge huge games from their receivers uh and cousins came out and uh threw a dud and uh yeah i digs did nothing and um Phelan was basically the only fantasy relevant um player on the field that day and nothing out of the running game whatsoever those people who thought latavius murphy was going to have a field day uh were very disappointed uh just a weird weird game and just kind of shows you that anything can happen in this league um (laughs) it's just bizarre yeah it's i mean a lot of my notes were bills jump out to a 16-0 lead the defense caused two forced fumbles on cousins my next note is what is going on in this game bills blowing them out in the first half I was listening to the game, and one stat that just stunned me was the Vikings did not cross the 50-yard line until the third quarter. Wow. So, I mean, just the Bills' defense came to play. Minnesota, 16.5-point favorites, probably thought they were just going to walk all over them. Um, Yeah, let me just give you some stat lines, Dan. You call it a Diggs and Murray complete bust. We thought Latavius Murray was just going to get an absolute workload and just ice the game. He had two attempts for one yard. Uh, He did salvage uh, with five receptions and 30 yards, but barely produced anything. Diggs was MIA. Uh, He had 10 targets, only turned them into four receptions for 17 yards. Yep. 
Cousins scrambled to salvage his day. 40 for 55, 296, one and one, but he had the two forced fumbles. Um, it was really Thielen and Rudolph. Thielen with a robust 19 targets, 14 receptions, 105 yards, and Rudolph was five for 48 and a touchdown. So those were really the only two of note in the Minnesota game. Um, but you brought it up. I mean, it was the Josh Allen show. To me, I had a I had a note. He looked very poised and calm facing what I thought was going to be a stout defense against Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing is that Minnesota's defense is not terrible. They're they're very good. Uh, and he came out and just kind of uh, took this game over uh, and just kind of willed the Bills to victory. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is probably the most – I would say this is the shot, most shocking fantasy performance of the day. Would you agree with that, Bob? Hundred percent. I would have thought he would have been something like ten for you know twenty two for seventy eight yards and two interceptions, something like right. that. Instead, he was fifteen for twenty two, one hundred ninety six, one touchdown, and added thirty nine yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So you have to be pleased if you had uh, the balls to even play him, even in multiple quarterback leagues or dynasty leagues. I mean, right. if you did, kudos to you, man. I, I don't think anybody really was, but uh, it, and if you're in a I mean, if you're in a dynasty league, I don't see a problem adding him. Uh, but if you're in like a one quarterback league or even a super flex league, I think you can kind of temper your expectations at this point. And I'm sure somebody would grab him, but I don't think he's becoming a week to week starter until he can show that he can do this consistently. Yeah, I mean, it just gives that glimmer of hope. They've got Green Bay, um, you know. Alex Smith just tore them apart, not saying anything, even comparing the two, but uh, just something to keep in mind if you're just really desperate or in the two quarterback leagues. uh, I I think you might be able to get uh, away with playing him if you've got a bye week situation in that scenario. So absolute stunner. This was the game that eliminated me from the survivor pool. So (laughs) yeah, uh, I think it probably eliminated uh, a lot of people in any survivor pool. I don't think anybody expected this to happen, Uh, but good for the bills. Yep. Uh, congratulations. Getting getting off the schneid there. So yep. uh, I thought they could go winless. So n- nice bounce back for the Bills. Um, Dan, let's move on to Oakland losing 20-28 to to Miami. Miami's a surprising 3-0 and to start the season. But, right. I mean, the first thing that I know we sort of texted back and forth during the game, Jordy Nelson with a throwback, he pulled out the old uh, boss jorts <laughs> and just went off in the first quarter. <laughs> I know. Uh, busted out those Jenkos. Uh, <laughs> just, just looking old school. Uh, I think in the first quarter he had over a hundred yards receiving uh, in a touchdown. So he just went completely ham. Um, and and Marshawn Lynch also looked good, uh, but they just could not kind of keep the <laughs> keep the keep the Dolphins away. I just that's weird for me to say. I, I did not expect. Um, the Dolphins to be three and zero at this point, and Tannehill has looked legit. Yeah, uh, and Kenny Stills. I mean, I, I know that uh, you know I gave a lot of people some crap for Kenny Stills, uh, but I think you can probably throw him in your in your starting lineup week to week, and at least expect him or hope for him to get a a big play like he did this week too. Uh, he, he's becoming a week to week starter so far. Yeah, let's go through the Dolphins first. I'll give you some stats. Tannehill, 17 for 23, 289, and three touchdowns. So super efficient, high yardage, high touchdown, no turnovers. Added another 26 yards on the ground. Uh, The running backs didn't really do much. Frank Gore, 6 for 12. Kenyon Drake, 5 for 3. Woof, this is why I was fading this guy going into the season. 
Yeah, he is having a rough go of it. I was talking to uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law, and uh, he's like, do they hate Kenyon Drake? I mean, why are they not giving him the ball? And I was like, because he's not playing very well. <laughs> There's no other excuse. Uh, the running game is just not working for Miami right now. Uh, I know a lot of people expected... Dan, you should have told him. You should have listened to this great podcast where they did yeah. the rising and fading, and they talked yeah. about <laughs> no. it's a not. It's like a, it's a real not take. Yeah. yeah, meaning look at it. There's just no action in that running game. Even Frank Gordon couldn't get it going. Uh, I mean, the leading rusher was Tannehill today. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe they turn it around. Um, there's a lot of things that shock me week to week. Um, and it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if Kenyon Drake gets a, has a huge game here or there. Uh, but I don't think he can be trusted at this point as a week to week starter, more of a flex play, um, at any, more than anything as a flex play, I think. Yeah. And to your point, Kenny Stills, five reception, or I'm sorry, five targets, three receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown with long of 34. Yeah. Like we said last week, you're going to have these roller coaster games. So hopefully you stayed with it. I mean, he's a viable wide receiver, three flex at worst every week. And then I'll tell you what. Dan, this is a gentleman we talked about, especially in our Dynasty League, and we may have to revisit him. Albert Wilson yeah, completed yeah. one pass for 52 yards and a touchdown, added two receptions, 74 yards and a touchdown, and really he turned one reception into that stat line. He yeah. busted one for 74 yards. So I think this is what they were hoping when they brought Wilson in, and now that Amendola's mm-hmm. out, he could be very uh, appealing if you need some wide receiver depth at this point. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, this is, I think, the best part about this uh, sport at the NFL football is that they're like everyone has legit talent on this team. And it just kind of like as soon as you can get yourself in the right situation, uh, like Wilson's founding himself in a situation right now where he could be a fantasy viable uh, receiver. Uh, it's just like all of a sudden some no name guy gets on one team and just becomes an all star. And it's just it's great. I love that. I, I love how random dudes can show up on teams and all of a sudden become uh, just like monster uh, fantasy relevant dudes. So, uh, yeah, I like the idea of picking Wilson up in a dynasty league. Um, I don't know if you have space on him for in a roster for a redraft league. Uh, I think you can grab him. But I think if you want a receiver uh, in this Miami offense, it's Kenny Stills for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Just something to keep in mind for those with deeper rosters or dynasty. Um, to the Oakland side of things, Derek Carr, if you can say one thing, he's been efficient. The turnovers hurt him a little bit, but 27 for 39, 345, one touchdown, two interceptions. So right. the interceptions killed him, but he's been pretty darn efficient the past couple of games. So uh, you got to like that. Uh, you said Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, he's to me, he's a rock-solid RB, too. Um, yep. 19 attempts for 64 yards and a touchdown, and he's getting involved in the pass game, three for 22. So every little bit helps in any PPR-type league. So, I mean, I've been sort of holding him on our bench in the half-point PPR league of record. Um, I may start putting him over Lamar Miller because he's just been scoring yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, he, I mean, the, the one thing that, I mean, you know they're going to get in the red zone, and the one thing that they seem to be doing consistently when they're in the red zone is handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. So uh, he, he's getting into that um, kind of range of where he's going to be getting a lot of carries in the middle of the field and all of the carries on the goal line. I don't, I don't think there's any other receiver, I mean, sorry, running back there who's going to kind of coach carries from Lynch. Uh, not Doug Martin, and uh, I don't really think anybody else is going to get to the point where Lynch is going to have any concerns. He's definitely the workhorse of that offense. 
Yeah, so let me go ahead and cover the rest of them. Dan, your, your reception was going out a little bit there. So let me just go uh, Jordy Nelson, like we said, 6 for 173 and 1 with a long of 66. Uh, and really outside of that, it was Jalen Richard and Jared Cook. Richard, 6 for 59. Uh, Cook, 5 for 31. Disappearing act from Amari Cooper after a big game, only five targets, two receptions, 17 yards. So that's the roller coaster ride that's Amari Cooper. So if you got him, you got to hold on to him. But uh, he doesn't elicit much confidence that's for sure it's just one of those weird things that you kind of expect amari cooper to to be kind of what jordy nelson was today um and he just has a tendency to disappear for some reason Uh, i know a lot of people including myself expected him to have a nice year fantasy wise uh but he's not shown that he can kind of be an every week starter at this point he's not very trustworthy until (laughs) right now and and i don't i can't even think you can say that jordy nelson is the receiver that you want in this offense i think it is amari cooper right um but he's just not getting the action you'd expect him to get. Uh, and just before we move on, uh, for the Miami Dolphins, Jakeem Grant, two receptions, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, don't expect that again, so we'll just move on. Right. That might yeah. come into the real or fake uh, on Tuesday's yeah, that's, episode. that's fluky. Yep, so... All right, Dan, let's move on to the next game, which I have as uh, the Broncos at the Ravens. It's loading up on my end, and then I'll go over the score here. Um and of course, let me go here. It was 27-14 Baltimore wins over Denver. So um, nice bounce back win after getting pretty much trounced on by Cincinnati. I know it got close at the end there, but yep. boy, this division's getting tight now. Ravens yeah. and, and Bengals, uh, Steelers really need to win if they're going to keep pace here. Yeah, they absolutely need to win tomorrow night. And uh, it's going to be a tough one because we both know how hot Tampa Bay is right now. But uh, I think what was interesting is in this game um, was that uh, Buck Allen, I think, has been the best running back on this team. And I know Alex Collins gets the majority of the carries, but I think you're getting a lot more out of Buck Allen uh, fantasy-wise. I mean, he's a legitimate flex play at this point, um, getting a, a touchdown rushing a touchdown receiving uh i mean he's he's been a nice surprise and i think the other thing that i wanted to uh point out again is john brown john brown is the wide receiver on this team that you want to own if you own a a ravens wide receiver uh it better be john brown because he's shown that he's going to be a legit threat on this team this year yeah so to go back to the running backs dan you bring up a great point it's not pretty for buck allen but he's scoring every game so yep he had six attempts for seven yards, but he's the goal line back, so that, that could have something to do with it. He turned it into one touchdown. And then three receptions, 19 yards, and another touchdown. So while Alex Collins had a good bounce-back game, 18 attempts for 68 yards and one touchdown, Buck Allen's not going anywhere. So, yeah, if you haven't already, pick the guy up. He's a flex play uh, if you need him and more valuable in any PPR-type leagues. Yep. And then, to your point, John Brown, five receptions, 86 yards on nine targets. Crabtree had more targets by one, uh, 10 targets, seven receptions, 61 yards. But yeah, Brown seems to be the bigger play threat. And I know he didn't score today, but he's uh, been focused on uh, when they get towards the end zone as well as the receiving option. For sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the Denver side of things. Um, disappointment. You expected Philip Lindsay to keep it going, but he got ejected early in the game. Yep. So. Ejected. Yep. So, uh, Royce Freeman, uh, he got a touchdown, but you think you would like to see more out of 13 attempts, 53 yards, but, um, obviously he got more work cause Lindsay got ejected. Um, so just something to keep an eye on to, uh, I think Lindsay's going to get back involved in the next game after, you know, this all cools over. 
Yeah, I, I think that, uh, it's going to be more that timeshare um, with Lindsay getting ejected. It was the uh, Royce Freeman show. Um, I mean, Baltimore's got a tough defense. So, um, you know, I, I don't really put much into this. I, I really was – I would have hoped that with Lindsay out that Freeman could have kind of – uh, showcases talents a little bit more. Um, but, you know, you didn't really see much um, action out of this entire Denver Broncos offense this game. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think you know, the receivers were disappointing. Uh, Sanders kind of came back to earth. Uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, I mean, I just don't think Demarius Thomas is kind of the fantasy player that he used to be. Um, I think you're hoping you're hoping for touchdowns at this point because um, you're not going to be getting those long deep balls from Demarius Thomas anymore. I think that role has been taken over by Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, and also, I think he's going to be start being pushed a little bit more by Sutton as well. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, you know, Thomas, five receptions, 63 yards. Sanders, the one you want to own. He had more targets. He had eight to five. Uh, only had five for 38 receiving wise. Did salvage his day with a rushing attempt for 35 yards and a touchdown. But to me, uh, to your point, Sanders is the one to own if you're going to own a piece of the uh, Broncos receiving core. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's move on to the next game, Dan. And this to me was the game of the day. Uh, Saints. <laughs> Beat the Falcons 43-37 to 37 Jeez, in overtime. Yeah. I mean, if you had a piece of any of this game, you're going to be pleased. Um, right. I'm just going to go through. Th- if you're a <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to go through some of my notes here, and then we can sort of just pick where we want to go. But I had Calvin Ridley becoming a factor. Monster first half. I put, wow, he looks impressive. Uh, to me, Matt Ryan thrives where there are two very good to great pass catching options. And yeah. it looks like... Uh, you know, Ridley's becoming that nice, reliable two to Julio Jones. So watch out. Matt Ryan could catch fire uh, like he did today. So I like also like when they had uh, like Roddy White there with Julio. You have two really good receivers uh, and Matt Ryan just starts catching fire. Yep. So, yeah, that was my uh, that was my first thing. Ryan back to back four plus touchdown games. He finished with three seventy four and five. So uh, to me, you, you plug him in and start him from here on out. Uh, yeah. Julio Jones. God, you wish he would get in the end zone. Five for ninety six. Right. Um, Calvin Ridley, though, was the story. Seven receptions, one hundred and forty six yards, three touchdown, a long seventy five. To me, if he's yep. on if he's on waivers, he's the number one priority by far. You got to grab him. Yep, you got to grab him. Uh, Tevin Coleman disappointed on the ground. He Disappointing. Did, he, yep. he, he had fifteen for thirty three, but he did salvage it with uh, two receptions, fourteen yards, and one touchdown. So. Uh, he didn't kill you. You wish he would have had a bigger game, especially in a shootout, but it became uh, tick for tat. Let's just throw the ball over the yard between both teams. Yeah, it didn't even seem like the running. It seemed like her running game was an afterthought for both offenses. I mean, Kamara had a, had a better day on the ground than Tevin Coleman did, um, but to me, it was just it was just like a passing game. Um, <laughs> even to me, it was like okay, well, we'll try to mix it up a little bit. But all right, so we're just going right back to passing. Then everyone agrees to that. Yep, okay, and that's kind of what happened. I mean, I was disappointed. I thought Tevin Coleman was going to have a bigger game. Um, just because of what you saw Carlos Hyde be able to do against uh, New Orleans last week. Um, but, I mean, this was the Matt Ryan-Drew Brees show, um, and that's kind of how it went. Yeah, and let's go over the New Orleans side of things. To me, it was a three-man race. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, 
and Michael Thomas. So let's start with Drew Brees, 39 for 49, 396, three touchdowns, added two more on the ground with a game-winning Jeez. dive in overtime. So monster yep. game from true Drew Brees. Yep. Kamara, let's go over Kamara. So he's interesting. I I personally don't think he's really rushed the ball that well this year, but here's why you don't even care. So his rushing, 16 for 66, no touchdowns through the ground, 20 targets, 15 receptions, 124 receiving yards. This guy's an absolute monster, and he's a very unique player. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think this is kind of what you were hoping Christian McCaffrey was going to be um, and Kamara is showing you why he was you know in consideration for I mean, I mean many people thought he should be the number one pick uh, just because of how much of a dual threat he is uh, and boy he's really shown it not as much on the rushing side of things but definitely in the passing game um, just had having monster days through through the air that keeps your floor so high as a running back that if he adds anything on the ground it's just an absolutely monstrous week. And I mean, right. it was even this week and he didn't even get in the end zone, but I mean, for sure you get 20 targets. Good God. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's uh, to your point when we did our best ball discussion with Ryan from the fantasy football life, uh, he made the case for Kamara as the number one overall pick. And here's why yep. he's on yep. display. And to me, I mean, he's turning into uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Yeah. Michael Thomas, yeah. 10 targets, 10 receptions, 129 yards. I mean, just an awesome start to the season for Michael Thomas. If, if you own any stocks of him, I mean, you just got to be through the roof right now. The guy's just catching everything, putting up big yards, and already has multiple touchdowns to start the season. Yeah. And I think even if he's not uh, scoring touchdowns, he's putting out tons of yards with tons of catches uh, and even whenever it's not a high scoring game like the, the game against Cleveland wasn't high scoring uh, but Michael Thomas still had a, a great day um, so uh, I think he's clearly the number one uh, and definitely is potentially the number one overall receiver uh, in fantasy right now yeah so um, his reception total through the first three weeks of the year 35 plus catches in the first three games is an NFL record and he's catching 95% of his targets. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> he's not he's not missing anything. If That's that's crazy. There's, there's nothing you can complain about. He to me, I think we're going to have him ranked number 1 week to week uh, yep. and, until further notice. I mean, he's just yep. producing at that level. For sure. And as we talked about, just a little side note, if you're dealing uh, in tight end purgatory, like most of us that don't have the top three to four tight ends, Ben Ben Watson, Watson, five for 71, you would take that as a tight end. Yeah, I wonder who talked about Ben Watson before the season started. Somebody somebody talked about him, about how he'd be a fantasy, a relevant fantasy tight end. Oh, yeah, that was me. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this offense, if Drew Brees is going to pass it like this, you have to feel some confidence picking him up. If you've, yep. if you've got junk or you're dealing with injuries, I mean, why not at this point? For sure. So, yeah, to me, this is the best game of the day. That's where your most fantasy production was. But let's move on to the Carolina Panthers taking down the Bengals 31-21. to And I want to start on the Carolina, Carolina side of things, Dan. Um, Cam Newton just looked awesome. Yep. And, I mean, his main weapon of choice? Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And so... You know, on Thursday's episode when we did our ranking review, I said, 
you know, McCaffrey's probably not going to give you much on the ground. He's probably going to slice them up through the air. And what do you know? He takes 28 rushes for 184 yards on the ground. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, adds in just another two receptions for 10 yards. Yep. But this is the type of game they said coming into the year. They wanted to get him 20 to like 30 touches. Well, they mm-hmm. got him 30 touches this week and look what he did yep. with them. Yeah, I mean, he's just been a uh, just a juggernaut. I mean, it, it's I mean, he's almost like Kamara. Um, I think Kamara has been a little bit more consistent in terms of uh, just uh, more of a consistent threat. But geez, I, th- I don't even know if I can say that. I think yeah. McCaffrey has been doing it through the air and now he's just putting it, th- did it on the ground. Uh, so now you're just looking for a game where maybe he can do it both and maybe get you 100 100. I think that's definitely a possibility for this guy. He's he's due for touchdowns here, so it's coming. I mean, he's not scored yet, uh, I don't believe. He, he broke a long one today that he just kind of got tripped up at the five. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you're right. It's just a matter of time before he breaks one. Yeah, Dan, when you say, I mean, yeah, Kamara's probably just like maybe a half step higher to start the year, but don't forget... Christian McCaffrey had 14 receptions last week. So, I mean, he just just had a monster running game. So, completely flipped what I thought the script was. So, um, Cam Newton, not a huge day through the air. 15 for 24, 150 and two touchdowns. But he does what he does. 36 yards and two touchdowns. So, four total touchdowns. And, I mean, this offense is just on fire going into their bye week. Yep. Um, and then just like we saw last year when Greg Olson went down, Devin Funch is stepping up. I mean, four for 67 and a touchdown. That's sort of what he did last year when Olson was done. So you got you got to feel comfortable with him as a wide receiver three if you've got him on your team. Yeah, and I think we were probably hoping that maybe more would do a little bit more. Uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to be a consistent fantasy product producer. Uh, more of a boomer bust type player, uh, maybe to p- match up dependent a little bit. Right, and let's move on to the Cincinnati side of things. So, Dalton, he, he got bit by some interceptions today, but otherwise, I thought he looked pretty good. Three fifty-two and two. Uh, he's twenty-nine for uh, forty-six. So, um, I, I like where the the offense is for Cincinnati. While it might not have showed, Carolina's defense is tough. So, uh, I like what I've been seeing out of. Um, Dalton, but got to keep an eye out. We'll we'll update this on Tuesday. AJ Green banged up with I believe a groin issue. Groin injury, yeah. Uh, didn't return, and so the benefactor was Tyler Boyd. Seven yep. targets, six receptions, 132 yards, and one touchdown. What do you got to say about that, Dan? Uh, I was pretty thrilled with it since I picked him up off of uh, waivers this week, and it, I was just on the lookout for another receiver and. Uh, I know people were saying is Boyd fantasy relevant is Boyd fantasy relevant and I said you know what even if he's not relevant right now you never know what's going to happen uh, I mean he showed last week that he can step up and be a big play guy uh, and he did that this week um, but he, here's the thing is this wasn't because of AJ Green going down right. um, it might have shifted that way towards the end of the game Right. Um, but I think really what happened here uh, he was having a good game before AJ Green went right. down exactly uh, so uh, I don't think I think this is one of those things where they're going to be able like almost like Matt Ryan uh, when they have two pass catchers, there's going to be plenty of action to go around um, and with Mixon down. I think they had to do a little bit more through the air. Um, you know, Gio Bernard had a decent game, 12 attempts, uh, 12 rushes for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, definitely not giving you that Mixon level output, though. Um, but uh, to me, if you can't grab Calvin Ridley because he's already been, you know, 
grabbed up off that waiver wire. Uh, look at Tyler Boyd. I, I think even if, I mean, especially if AJ Green has to miss any type of time, uh, I think this guy's definitely a great option to have. Uh, as your, if not your wide receiver two, uh, your wide receiver three. Yeah, and if AJ Green misses any time, he's going to be the de facto one. So, uh, for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to be talking about him in a little bit when we close the show. But yeah, Gio Bernard, I mean, I, I thought he was good, but it sounds like Mixon's going to be back next week, possibly. So, um, I mean, if you've got Bernard, hold on to him because you just don't know uh, if that's going to aggravate again for Mixon. But 12 for 61 and one, like you said, and he added another five receptions for 25 yards. So, I mean, you got to be pleased if you snagged him and started him. I mean, he produced for you this week. Um, A.J. Green was on his way. I mean, he had eight targets, five receptions, 58 yards. I think he would have had a big yeah. game if he didn't go out. And, I mean, I, I don't trust this yet because I don't think they want to give Tyler Eifert much work, but he did have six for 74. So just something to keep an eye on. Sure. Um, all right, Dan, so let's move on. And really, there's not much to talk about with this game, but we're, we'll just bring it oh, up God. because we have to. Um, it was the Jaguars uh, losing to Tennessee 9-6. to So... Dan, I'll be honest. This is a baseball score, Bob. Yeah, there's really nothing to talk about. Both defenses stood up, and it was a ugly game. Is there anything really you want to add to this? I mean, Uh, other than it's very frustrating to be a Leonard Fournette owner right now. Uh, You, you, all you heard all week is he's playing, he's playing, he's playing, Uh, and you know it's frustrating, especially since uh, I I picked up Grant uh, just because he looked good last week. Uh, and he didn't do anything, but Yell didn't even do that much better. So, uh, just one of those things that it's real frustrating uh, in terms of fantasy uh, to have Leonard Fournette on the squad, just because you know how much of a talent he is, but you have not been able to use him at all. It's almost like Le'Veon Bell, but he's not sitting out; he's just injured. That's the problem. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and I want to apologize. Dan and I have been having some audio issues. We're going to try and edit, uh, you know, any of those dead air. Uh, spots out of the episode but it's just one of those nights with skype we're just having some issues so i just want to apologize for that i mean yeah outside of that there's really nothing of note i mean derrick henry did get 18 attempts but only turned them into 57 yards but i mean yeah that's sort of the Bummer. story right now it's just it's just ugly for him right now You're a little disappointed with derrick henry so far this year bob yeah big i'm big time disappointed i mean he's not yeah, really, absolutely it's very low rushing yards very low rushing yards per attempt uh, he's not scoring i mean you know, I did state, you know, when we were first in preseason, Tennessee does have a rough start. Their schedule does lighten up in the second half, so just hold the faith. Uh, but, yeah, you're not pleased. But, Dan, let's move on from this game. There's really nothing much to talk I just <laughs> my, my note was boring with, like, seven R's in the middle there. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the Giants. <laughs> Avoiding the 0-3 start, and instead it's Houston going 0-3. They beat the Houston Texans 27-22. to and um, Yeah, I thought this was going to be a bounce-back game for the Giants for sure. I mean, Eli looked so much better, uh, and man, Barkley is so legit. Like, uh, if you took that first-round pick on Barkley, uh, you're not disappointed at all. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Dan, let's go right into New York. Eli, 25 for 29, 297 and two touchdowns. So, um, you know, I think you were sort of saying, hey, you know, there could be a bounce back coming. Just give it a give it a minute. And it definitely bounced back. He looked very good today. Yep. Odell Beckham went over the century mark. Uh, no touchdown, but still, uh, you know, you got that nice yardage out of him with nine receptions uh, and 
Barkley. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you can say about the guy. He He's impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, so let me read his stat line. 17 rushes, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Added another five receptions for 35 yards. So he's getting it done everywhere. He's, he's an absolute stud. Yep. Uh, highly ranked uh, running back one. You just sort of set in your lineup and just don't even worry about it. Sure. Uh, one thing of note just to pay attention to, I know Evan Ingram left the game um, with an injury. Only finished with one for 19. So uh, we'll update that on the Tuesday episode, but you might need to pick up a uh, tight, tight end. end. So yep. it's a shame, but uh, unfortunately, tight end's getting pretty brutalized so far to start yep. the year. Yep. Uh, a lot of injury there. Yeah, so while Houston lost, I mean, there's some things to take away here. Deshaun Watson, 24 for 40, 385, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, added another 36 on the ground. So, Dan, I know you're a Deshaun Watson owner in our league of record. Uh, he's starting to turn it on the past couple of games. They might not be winning them, but he's looked better the past couple. Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's almost like a garbage time Blake Bortles type situation, though, because uh, he has rough starts to the games. Um, and then in the second half, he really starts getting it going. So I feel like once he kind of maybe can start putting it together, get the whole offense flowing a little bit more in that first half, um, you're going to start getting those monster fantasy performances that you got out of him last year. But he had a, a nice day today. He went over 300 yards passing, uh, close to 400, two touchdowns that have that one pick. Um, but I, I think the one bright spot on this offense so far has been Will Fuller. Um, man, he, he's just kind of he's definitely come back to where he was last season with Sean Watson. Uh, to me, he's to me. I know Hopkins is there. Um, but Fuller has been putting up the better fantasy numbers, getting in the end zone, and uh, definitely just kind of seems like the more viable um, fantasy play uh, in terms of Texans receivers. Yeah, it's crazy, but to me, he's the catalyst of the whole offense. When he's in, the whole offense flows better. Right. And Fuller finished 11 targets, 5 receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Hopkins, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 86 yards. So, good game. But, yeah, Fuller just knows how to get into the end zone. And the only other note I had was Lamar Miller, dud, dot, 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 absolute garbage touchdown reception with one second left. Yeah. So Hey, it helped It helped Deshaun Watson <laughs> yeah, fantasy day as well. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on down there in, in Houston. Uh, I think we expected this team to be a lot better than they are. Uh, the defense doesn't look like you know they're up to the same level that they were last season, uh, and you know Watson's still very young. I get that, but uh, you know and he had a nice day, but I still think the ceiling for him is so high. Um, I think it will get better from here. Yeah, Dan, let's move to the last game we're going to cover in the 1 o'clock slate. And, boy, some unfortunate news possibly coming out of this game. Kansas City, once again, just lights it up 38-27. to They beat the San Francisco 49ers. But, Dan, let's start off with the bad news first. Jimmy Garoppolo was having a heck of a game, 20 for 30, 251 and two touchdowns. But um, he was trying to run down the field and went to plant his leg to gain some extra yards, and it looks like he might be dealing with a torn ACL and possible MCL issue. So unfortunate news for the 49ers. Yeah, geez. It seems like if you want to keep that ACL intact, you should just avoid going to the Bay Area altogether because those injuries are just popping up left and right. It's terrible. Uh, and the other thing is is that you almost lost uh, Breda to a, a similar knee injury too. Uh, there was concern that he was going down with something significant. He was able to come back and kind of had a nice fantasy day as well. Um, but geez, yeah. Yeah, I, I think without Jimmy G there, that's a downgrade to everybody on that team, um, including Breda, uh, and especially Goodwin. 
uh, Kittle. I, I think all those guys are kind of downgrade downgrades. Um, Garcon with no Jimmy G. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I agree, Dan. Um, if it truly is uh, a long-term injury, it's C.J. Beathard, who was not very inspiring last year before they brought Jimmy G on. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to lean heavily on the two running backs. I think Breda and Morris are going to get a lot of the workload. To your point, Breda turned it around. We thought he was going to be out. It sounded like it was bad, but he yep. turned 10 attempts into 90 yards. So you get a 9-yard per clip average. Yep. Um, Alfred Morris did come in 14 for 67. Evans stole a touchdown while Breda was out, but Breda's still the running back. But to me, if you've got a piece of any of them, hold on to them because I think they're going to go heavy on the run game. For sure. Um, and as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, what can you say? To me, Pat this Mo- team Pat- is. Go ahead. This team is just a monster. I mean, I this is probably the. Uh, I mean, the defense still doesn't seem like they're stopping many people, but. Uh, which is bodes well for your fantasy team because that means they're going to have to score a lot and put a bunch of points up. Uh, Mahomes, I, mean, I, I don't know what else you can say about this guy. He's he has shown that he's now uh, absolutely. I mean, he's matchup proof. An afterthought. Yeah, he's he's matchup proof. He's a must start every game. Yeah, he has uh, the most re- uh, the record for most touchdown passes, thirteen in the first three games of the season. Still has not thrown an interception. Still gets everybody involved. It was nice seeing Kareem Hunt with a bounce back, 18 for 44 and two touchdowns. Um, You know, really, Tyreek Hill had a down game, but it was to me it was just they were so in control. He -hmm. only finished with two receptions for 51 yards, but once again, another big play. Barely missed him on a touchdown, so he could have had a monster day. Sammy Watkins finally gets in the end zone, five for 55 and one. Like we said after week one, relax with Travis Kelsey, eight for 114. I mean... Mahomes is just getting everybody involved. So yep. if you've got a piece of this offense anywhere, you have to set them in your lineup at this point. I don't care Absolutely. who they're playing. Absolutely. I mean, I know it's early, but is he running away with the MVP right now? Uh, it's way too early, I think, to think about that. But uh, I don't I don't see anybody playing better than him right now. So yep. if he can keep it up at this pace, then I, I don't think there's any question. Um, and I don't think anybody ex- – I think people thought he was going to be good. I don't think anybody expected this. Um, you know, even when you look look back to the, what the preseason fantasy rankings were, uh, I don't think many people even considered him to be um, like someone who you would start right away. And then if you grabbed him after week one, I mean, you can pretty much just forget about drafting anybody else until the bye week comes because you don't need anybody else. Mahomes will take care of it for you. Exactly. So, yeah, if you've got a KC player, or you put them in your lineup until further yep. notice. So, uh, Dan, let's move on to the afternoon slate. Uh, we're going to start with the Battle of Los Angeles. The Rams stay absolutely hot and beat the Chargers 35-23. to This is another offense, man. If you've got a piece of any of the Rams, you, you sort of have to play them at this point because they're yeah. all producing. Goff had a great day. Great day. Uh, Gurley, once again, getting it done um, in both aspects of the game uh, over the century mark on the ground and then had a nice uh, game through the air too. five receptions for 51 yards. So monster game from Gurley. Uh, I think we said this before. Absolutely matchup proof. You're playing him no matter what the situation um, it, it's starting to look like anybody on that L.A. Rams team is going to be in that same discussion as matchup proof almost. Yeah, so Gurley, to your point, 23 for 105 on the ground. You talked about his receptions. He added a touchdown on the ground. Goff, 29 for 36, 354, three touchdowns and one interception. I mean, 
listen to these receiving numbers. I mean, Robert Woods, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, eight targets, seven receptions, 90 yards, had a touchdown, got called back to him, and then Gurley ran it in. Cooper Cup, six targets, four receptions, 71 yards, one touchdown. You have to be so pleased if you have any of the receiving options on that team. Oh, yeah. And I think this one, I mean, I know that, like, Cooks had a nice day, uh, but I think this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for him. I, I think that the sky is the limit with Cooks in this offense. Um, I know that Woods had probably the, had a much better day in terms of receiving, um, but I think if I'm looking at the receivers, if I have my pick, uh, I like the upside of Cooks more than Woods or Cooper Cup. Yeah, it, it's a matter of time. He almost had his first score today. Day, but it got called back. It was like right at the half yard line. So um, he gets in the end zone. He's got a monster game on his hands, but it's going to break for him sooner than later. Don't worry about that. Tell you what, on the Los Angeles Chargers side of things, Rivers had a pretty efficient game 18 for 30, 226 and two touchdowns, no interception. Um, Mike Williams, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's the one I'm going to. Um, I think uh, Keenan Allen pulled up lame towards the end of the game. Uh, we'll update if there's anything. I don't think it's anything serious, but. Uh, they're starting to get Mike Williams more involved. Seven targets, four receptions, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, yep. you got to love what you're seeing, and I think he's just going to keep getting more involved. Absolutely. I mean, these are two – this is back-to-back weeks where he's been uh, just a monster, fantasy monster. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's got this level of talent. Last year he was banged up, didn't play because he was hurt. Uh, it looks like he's kind of turned a corner on that injury, and now is going to kind of show you what he's got. Um, I, I like Keenan Allen more than uh, Mike Williams, but uh, I definitely think Mike Williams is somebody, who, if he's on the uh, waiver wire, uh, grab him up. He's the second guy in this offense other than, I think it goes Melvin Gordon, Allen, and now it's going to be Mike Williams. Yeah, I totally agree. And Melvin Gordon, he's showing himself to be matchup proof. Um, we said it might be a difficult game, but I mean, you'll take this all the day. So 15 for 80 and one touchdown on the ground. Um, you know, so he added another two receptions for four yards, but he's getting in the end zone. He's a dominant running back. Uh, he's to me, like I said, he's pushing for like a top three status this year, and it, and it looks every oh, yeah. bit of it. Um, sure. Keenan Allen, a little bit of a dud, seven targets, three receptions, 44 yards. Um, but a good yeah. defense, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. These numbers down for the Chargers just because this is a, deep, this is a good defense. This is the best defense that they've played all season, and they still put up 23 points. Uh, and the Tennessee relevant players still had decent numbers. So I think it's – I mean, you can't be disappointed with this if you're covering these Chargers players um, because you've seen now that even when they play a decent defense – uh, they're going to still put up pretty pretty good fantasy numbers. Yep. So once again, if you've got Keenan Allen, uh, you got Melvin Gordon, you got Philip Rivers, you're playing them. I think Mike Williams is getting into that conversation as well. He's starting to come around and, and be a touchdown force for that team. So, all right, Dan, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Seattle Seahawks, twenty-four to thirteen. Surprising. This this was a surprising game. Yeah, I'm going to start on the Dallas side of things because really it's Ezekiel Elliott and I'm not really touching anybody else on this offense. Yep. Nope, you're right. There's just no there's no passing game right now for those Dallas Cowboys at all. Um, yeah, it was really all Zeke, 16 for 127. He did have a fumble late as they were trying to get in, but, I mean, really he's the entire offense. Dak Prescott can't really get much going. 
What receiving options do you really trust on there? Zeke, had, Zeke had the most targets, so this is why I said he has a chance to really push for that number one overall. Um, eight targets. He only had three receptions for 11 yards. He stepped out of bounds on two receptions where one would have been for a touchdown, so he could have had even a bigger day, but just lost uh, sort of sight of where he was at on the field. So it's Zeke, and then you move on from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Um, as far as the Seattle Seahawks... Wasn't a big yardage day for Russell, but you take it. 16 for 26, 192 and 2. He hit uh, Tyler Lockett for a beautiful touchdown pass uh, going down uh, towards the out-of-bounds lines. Tyler Lockett, another big game, 4 for 77 and 1. He's the wide receiver to own. But to me, Dan, it was the Chris Carson show. Yeah, finally. Got it going a little bit. Jeez, we've been waiting for this. Uh, it seems like everybody on this that, that coaching staff was hyping him up nonstop. And he finally had a breakout game today. Uh, 30, 32 rushes, 102 yards, and a touchdown. And also added uh, two catches for 22 yards. Uh, he out-touched Penny uh, by a ton. It was not even close. I mean, it, uh, Penny only had three three rushes for five yards. Uh, so Carson, I mean, I think I expected Carson to be better than he was these first two games. I expected Carson to be a big part of this offense coming into this season. I talked him up a bunch uh, and hopefully maybe this is the game that he kind of took that step forward and says, yep, this is my backfield uh, and kind of plants his flag back there as the starter for sure. Yeah. It's got to be a confidence boost for any Chris Carson owners. And um, you know, for the silly willy whistling Disley uh, came back oh, to earth yeah. a little bit. Huh? <laughs> this, this is what we said in week one. I just, I, yep. I don't believe it. So uh, could he have fantasy relevant games sure but this is why we didn't believe in it so sure Dan let's move on to the last game we're going to cover here today and I thought for a minute there we're going to have the second like really this is going to happen type of upset yeah no kidding but the Bears held off to beat the Cardinals 16 to 14 um Let's start with Arizona first, Dan. Uh, Bradford looked good early, but then he turned into the crappy Sam Bradford that he's been. And Josh Rosen that actually. Bradford statue. Yep. He, yep. He, <laughs> Josh Rosen got brought into the game. There hasn't been any commitment to Rosen, but, you know, they're 0 3. I think it's time to move on to Rosen as the starting quarterback here. Yeah, he threw. Uh, I mean, he looked did not look great. Uh, he threw. He threw a pick that got. He threw a pick six right at the end of the game uh, that got called back because Khalil Mel. Khalil Mack was offsides uh, because he was he's trying to get a jump off the ball to sack uh, Rosen. But, uh, yeah, it was not pretty. Um, I, you know, this this offense has been a disappointment, especially because David Johnson, uh, you got no David Johnson action last year whatsoever. And now you've got healthy David Johnson, but he's just stuck in a stagnant offense that cannot move the ball. Uh, he got a nice he had a touchdown today. Uh, but, geez, <laughs> 12 rushes for 31 yards, four receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. That's not what you're looking for for David Johnson when you drafted him within probably the top five, probably with the top five or six picks. One of those was David Johnson. Uh, It's been kind of a disappointing season for him thus far. Yeah, and I didn't really catch much of this game. It wasn't really coming on on Red Zone, but all I kept seeing on Twitter was... Just baffling play calling. It seemed like when they had a chance to sort of bring it in and there were crucial plays, it was Chase Edmonds on the field and not David Johnson. So right. to me, I think they got to make a move. Get McCoy out of there as the offensive coordinator and just unleash David Johnson, especially if you're going to go to Rosen. I mean, just ridiculous play calling from what I've read. 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, I, I, it's puzzling because you've got one of the best backs. You've paid him as one of the best backs, uh, and you're trying to run an offense through Sam Bradford, not through David Johnson. It's puzzling and definitely pointing for uh, the people who have him on the fantasy roster. Yep. You got to hold on, but boy, is it getting harder and harder. This is why we didn't rank him in the yep. top 12 this week. So. Uh, before we move on, Christian Kirk, nice game, 7 for 90, but outside of that, nothing of note for the Cardinals. Um, Larry Fitz did nothing. Yep. So, uh, Dan, let's move on to Chicago. Once again, Trubisky just very mediocre, 25, 24 for 35, 220, and an interception. So he just doesn't look very confident uh, right now. Um, Jordan Howard looked really good, 24 attempts, 61 yards, one touchdown, and added another two receptions for 20 yards. So you got to be pleased with that uh, as a Jordan Howard owner. Yeah, he was ripping off some nice runs towards the end of the game there when they're kind of in kill mode on that clock. Um, but, I, I mean, the one thing that you can say about this team is that I know we don't really think about, you know, viable defenses as like viable fantasy options. But, geez, uh, this Chicago defense is is a just it's a monster right now since Mac came there it seems like it's just like been completely unstoppable uh just turning tons of turnovers tons of sacks tons of fumbles um and I attribute a large part of that to Mac right added to this roster right yeah I mean outside of that man very mediocre receiving wise Trey Burton four for 55 Allen Robinson three for 50 your target leader was Taylor Gabriel and he turned it into six to 34 so to me it's really Jordan Howard you're plugging in every week um, and Trey Burton's a very low end tight end one Allen Robinson I, I think he's more of a wide receiver three low end wide receiver two so uh, unfortunate because they, they need Trubisky to sort of unleash a little bit and he's just not doing that yep um, so Dan that really covers our um, game recaps here i'm gonna go ahead and pull up the weekly leaders from nfl.com just to give you the top five at each position and then we'll close it up with going over some waiver options sounds Uh, good so our weekly passing leaders based on yards on nfl.com number one drew Brees, 396 and three deshaun watson 385 two and one matt ryan 374 and five huge game from him Jared Goff, 354-3-1. And Andy Dalton rounds out the top five yardage-wise, 352, two and four interceptions. So would have had a huge day if it wasn't for the interceptions. Yeah, those four picks killed him. (laughs) Uh, Your rushing leaders for the week, based on yards, Christian McCaffrey, 184 on the ground. Zeke Elliott, 127. Adrian Peterson, 120-2. Todd Gurley, 105-1. Chris Carson, 102-1. and one. So as of the Sunday night game, those are your rushing leaders. Your receiving leaders, Mr. Throwback himself, Jordy. 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 Uh, 173 yards and one touchdown. Calvin Ridley, 146-3. and three. Tyler Boyd, 132-1. and one. Michael Thomas, 129. Alvin Kamara, 124. So back-to-back Saints with just monster receiving games. Yep. So, Dan, now that we've covered the weekly leaders, let's go over some uh, waiver options. Uh, uh, do you want to start and give a couple, and then I can sort of quote any ownership, and then I've got just the list of like six, seven players myself. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think Mike Williams, absolutely. If, if you didn't pick him up last week, you need to pick him up now because uh, he's not going to be there after this week. Uh, the other one that I absolutely – I mean, I picked him up last week, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, what's going on with A.J. Green. If he misses any time, he's got legit wide receiver one written all over him. Um, and outside of those two guys, uh, not really much uh, – much that is kind of tickling my fancy bob yeah so let me give a couple um i've got it's it's very wide receiver heavy but just to point out we talked about the two rookie quarterbacks i think these are more for two quarterback or super flex leagues baker mayfield he's only seven percent owned based on espn so he's widely available yeah and so is josh allen only two percent owned um uh, you know who knows what to think of those two but in uh like i said two two qb or super flex leagues uh, i think you know you could at least take a look because they're available um but i'm gonna give you a handful of wide receivers that are under 40 percent own that you should pick up calvin ridley only 40 percent own on espn he is the number one and i would spend Boy, probably 20 to 25% of my fantasy budget if he's yep. available because he looks like he could be ready to, to be a game-breaker in that offense that looks to be back to being very potent again. Yep. Geronimo Allison, only 34% owned. I yeah. Mean, he looks like he might be the number two taking over for Cobb at this point, honestly. Um, and anybody that plays with Aaron Rodgers can be very fantasy-relevant. Mike Williams, like you said, only 33% owned. Uh, he's getting more involved, and he's a red zone threat, so pick him up. Like we talked about, he's very low owned. Albert Wilson, two and a half percent owned. Um, if you're in a deeper setting, why not pick him up and see if this continues? Yeah, Dynasty League for sure. And then Tyler Boyd, still only 23% owned. That's going to jump. Uh, he'd be number two right behind Calvin Ridley for me right now. Yep. And then just one running back to bring up. Like we said, it's not pretty, but he's only owned in 39% of ESPN leagues. Buck Allen, he scores yeah. touchdowns and he's a red zone threat. So Yeah, flex that buck. <laughs> Bucky Melanoma. <laughs> Molly Russell's wart. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would. I I would feel fine with uh, Buck as my flex for sure. Yeah. So Dan, that covers our uh, week three recap, waivers, and weekly leaders. Um, you know, next Tuesday we are going to talk about any news or injuries. We're going to have some definite updates on players that we mention. Um, we're going to go over our, one of our favorite segments, real or fake, just see, you know, are performances and trends going to continue or is it just something to forget about? Um, we're going to see if we have any Twitter interaction and questions that we can bring in and then we're going to preview the Thursday night game. But Dan, let's go ahead and close up the show here. Um, once again, you can always join us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF. That's N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F, Twitter and Instagram. Email us any questions, comments, show ideas. We'll definitely read them on the air if you send them. NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. You can listen to us there. You can leave us voice messages about anything that you would like, and we can input them into the show. Or you can get links to everywhere that our podcast is available. We're on 12 different sites right now, so you can really much find us anywhere that you'd like. For any of those that follow us specifically on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. A five-star rating and review greatly helps our show, and we really appreciate it. But any platform you listen to us on, subscribe, and you'll get the shows as they drop. we got three a week during the regular season. Dan, why don't you give a shout-out to your brother for our awesome intro and outro song. One man does all that himself. I'm very impressive. <laughs>
you, man. Everyone loves that team, including the two of us. Yeah, Tom, thank you very much. And once again, guys, we apologize for any audio connection issues. Um, we had to record this about three or four times, so we'll try and get as much of it out of the way. I just think it's a one-night Skype thing. So, uh, yeah. uh, guys, we'll catch you on Tuesday where we'll go into the player news and notes like we talked about. And until then, Dan, I'll talk to you later. Later, we